This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Otis Barnett and Calvary Church in Inverness, Florida. For more information, please visit InvernessCalvary.com. Well, this morning, I want to share with you a message. Uh, We've been in a series uh, on the Holy Spirit, which that will continue next week. Um, I, I, I really felt... Um, like uh, I wanted to share with you a message, and really more than a message, um, an encouragement from the Lord called emergency response. Um, a lot of you have been through some things in the last week that, man, it's 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 really kind of pressed in on your heart. And I would say it this way. When you go through an emergency or an emergency situation, I'm not sure that it changes who you are, but it certainly reveals who you are. And can I just say this? What I saw when I came back into this nation starting Tuesday from you, the church, was stunning. It was awesome. The love, the compassion, the generosity, the unity that I saw in this county was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Um, uh, you know, I was, I was actually, uh, just tell you a little bit about what was going on with me. Uh, I actually didn't get to skip church last week. Um, I was in Canada and have been scheduled for months to be with this group of Arab believers from age 15 to nearly 30 who have this conference and they come in and they literally get set on fire by God. And it was that. For those of you who had ever been a part of any revival services, this is exactly what it looked like. Short of raising the dead, everything else happened. One young girl, when she, she, when she gave her heart to the Lord in repentance, she, just, she was surrendering to God. She screams out, my neck is healed. Like, uh, like just... We weren't going after healing. We're going after hearts for Jesus. And God started to supernaturally heal. People got filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, People uh, got set free uh, from all kinds of demonic activity. There's a great story about that. I'll share some other time. Um, uh, um, it It was fabulous. God shaking the prison doors. But, uh, you know, i got to be honest, as a pastor, um, you know, I had to make a decision early because I had these flights and all those things set up, and I'm like, everything was saying this storm was going to go east. And so I was kind of like, yeah, it's probably going to go east, you know, so I feel good. I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, hey, by the way, if you're not from Florida, that's what we do, okay? (laughs) Like, whatever, it's another hurricane, you know? The Weather Channel just really wants you to watch their commercials. By the way, if they really cared, they just wouldn't, they wouldn't run commercials. 
dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right, and, and it was. It was a very serious storm, and there was a lot of damage that was uh, uh, that occurred. But um, I. I was kind of torn because I'm over a thousand miles away and there's this westward shift. And um, I was really torn because I was feeling bad for feeling good. It was 40 degrees in the morning (laughs) and the weather was gorgeous and I'm out running. I'm like, this is awesome, but I feel bad (laughs) because everybody is back home preparing and going through some of those things, and we were experiencing the glory of God touching Arab young people who want to take the gospel back to those Arab nations. Yes. So God's on the move. That's not actually what I want to share with you um, today. Um, My heart was heavy because of what Irma could potentially do so after the conference. I literally, Sunday night into early Monday morning, I'm, I'm literally awake very late watching the whole thing. As that eye wall was kind of approaching Citrus County. And I'm watching, strangely enough, that the bands, as they approached, they were red and orange. And then somehow they turned green over this county. I'm like, hmm. And then when that eye wall kind of reached our county, the back half of the storm disappeared. It just fell apart. That's what happened. And I'm going. I mean, the bad side, you know, the, the storm surge side, the thing that is going to drown Crystal River, the, that part of the storm just, it was bad in other places. It really was. But, and then the Lord reminded me just a few days ago, he said, I want you to call a five-day fast. And I want you to pray, and I'm going to give you one theme verse that's going to lead you in your prayer. This was before anyone knew anyone had ever been named Irma. It was in Matthew 7. And it says this, Therefore, Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Somewhere in the heart of God, he knew, he knew. Now, do I know what level of influence our prayers and our fasting and our seeking for a a Sermon on the Mount lifestyle influenced this storm? I don't know, but I just know in the kingdom there just are not 
there, there's no coincidence. It's when the Lord calls a church to pray and to fast and says, and hey, by the way, this is the prayer I want you to pray. This is the one I want you to cry out. It's because God wants to do something that's far beyond all that we could ask or think. I think that was kind of the setup. I, I, I saw that as soon as I got back after having two international flights canceled, the first one uh, notably so, I couldn't come back in uh, on Monday. Secondly, I had a flight coming in on, uh, to Orlando on Tuesday at, at about 11 p.m. That one uh, got canceled after I had already checked in and, and was preparing to come. And then, you know, I called the people at Air Canada, and I'm like, I, just get me somewhere in the southeast. I'll rent a car and I'll attempt to drive. By the way, if you were part of those people who were on 75 Tuesday, God bless you. <laughs> you know, God bless you because it was, it was, it was rough. Um, yeah, I was talking to the lady on the, on the phone and I said, can you just get me into Atlanta? And she's like, uh, um, well, um, you know, I, I, I think I can, you know, for you and uh, for Patrick, uh, yeah, I think I can do that. Uh, and I and I noticed that I had someone uh, on the flight. I had, you know, I had the extra tall. I have this tall thing. Some flights are not made for tall people. Actually, I'd like to say this publicly right now. No flights are made for tall people. Uh, uh, and so they, they knew I was tall, so they got me the, like the exit row. And so I just said, hey, by the way, do you have preferred seating? This is after they've said, hey, we have all flights canceled to Florida. I'm like, okay, uh, but you can get me there. She says, yeah, that one doesn't have preferred seating. She goes, oh, but I have preferred seating going to Jacksonville <laughs> earlier. I'm like, you know Jacksonville's in Florida? That's <laughs> like. I'll take it. I'll take it. And so we got back in and we were noticing, you know, all of the, the devastation that was even, you know, that far north. But what I saw when I got back was an outpouring of love. I saw people, you know, saying, wow, I'd really love to have electricity, but I have everything that I need. I saw people that when power was restored, they, they became their homes became a, a sanctuary for people who didn't. I know for us, when I got back Tuesday and there was no power, you know, we were heading over to some people's house. We slept one night. I was so grateful to have a generator that could power a fan and have a little bit of ice, you know, coming from our fridge. And then, um, you know, that, that moment where you really realize that you've got pride in your life because you don't want to say yes to someone's invitation to come over. I was like, ooh, God, that's kind of stinky in my own heart. And it's not because I haven't showered in two days. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, when you have a well, the water just doesn't come out without power. And so you, you start to realize, no, no, no. We really need each other. And I saw the love of God and continue to see the love of God poured out. And um, I, I titled this message Emergency Response because greater uh, than a reaction is a response. 
anybody who's ever tried to get treatment for an illness um, knows that if you're given, uh, given the right medicine, you, you won't react to it, you'll respond to it. If you react to it, not only are you dealing with the illness, but you're dealing with the adverse effects of what you're doing. And so many times when we come into an emergency situation, we are given uh, uh, an opportunity to choose reaction or response. Reaction, I would say, is, is how everybody else operates. We just see the circumstance and we react. But the body of Christ is called to respond. And you and I, as, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we're called to be the hands of Christ to this community. Some of you this week found out what, what it's like to pastor your street. To check on a neighbor. Can you remember when that used to be okay? Okay. Showing up and just knocking on a door, that was okay. It's amazing how, how one storm can blow the dust off of things that we've forgotten about that we so deeply need. I, uh, I realized as I was driving around and driving generators and taking water and answering messages and going to check on, you know, people in their 90s who haven't been heard from in days and, and you know, driving and then realizing, oh, wait, this, this area is without power and I know someone who lives in that area. I'm going to drive down and check on them only to be relieved that they're in their 80s and, and I hear a hum of a generator coming from their house. And so as I approach and I knock the door, I don't get an answer. It's because they cannot hear over the generator. You know, so I have to go around back of their home and find them on their back porch. And in their 80s, you hear the wisdom of God saying, you know, this reminds me of old Florida. Back before air conditioning was popular. I'm like, Bob, you are old. You are old, bro. That is old, Florida. And you are old, okay? Because, man, it just took a different generation. And um, I, just, I just watched, even they, uh, believers in their 80s, saying, hey, I can help a neighbor. Um, we're called to be the hands of Christ. And um, I want to give you this encouragement. It, it's really not so much a message as it is a reminder that it's in moments like this where you and I get the opportunity to be Jesus with skin on. And we ask ourselves in these moments, what would Christ do now? What would he do now? What would be his emergency response? What would the hands of Christ be doing? And, and so the Lord just said, um, tell them that first my hands would come together. My hands would first pray. I probably quoted this verse this last week, I don't know, ten times. Because we need the word as a reminder from Philippians chapter 4. Be anxious for nothing. 
And in the Amplified Pastor Otis version, which means I may actually have to turn off the news. Not to be uninformed, but to not allow that to impress an anxious spirit on me. So the scripture says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in everything, with prayer and supplication. It says, let, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses understanding. Like people ought to be looking at us as the hands of Christ going, how do you have this much peace? It's because before my hands did anything, they came together in prayer. The antidote for anxiety in an emergency situation is the same. It's prayer. And it could be that God is calling all of us right now, post-storm, to simply put our hands together in a time of peace to ask for a peace that's supernatural. I know some of you have already said, Maria's coming. <laughs> Mostly it's students going, I want another week out of school. <laughs> and, and I promise your parents are getting all kinds of mountain moving faith. And they're not like, oh, my kids are going back to school. <laughs> getting out of the house. <laughs> you know, um, God wants us to pray. So first, in the, the emergency response is a movement in prayer. It's a movement that says, God, I trust you. I need you. And Lord, you are the one that gives us everything that we totally depend upon. The next is, is that... Um, our hands then lift in thanksgiving. I, uh, I was amazed. That's how moments like this reveal the things that are very important. I mean very important. Like family. Love. Genuine care. And then you realize the things that you've been carrying around that you have not been aware of. Until the needless things, the internet, your phone, stop working. My house, <sighs> my cell tower was assaulted <laughs> my phone didn't even say no service it just said no <laughs> no <laughs> and it was days before Verizon fixed it so you know we learn what's important my kids went through an awesome transformation uh, they rediscovered some things Candyland Board games. Oh, and they made up this awesome version of no electricity manhunt with flashlights. And from what I heard, 
was really annoying my wife. So I know it was good. It was awesome. Running through the house in the dark, what I experienced after, you know, we come home and the electricity's back on. They didn't want to go back to the device. They wanted to go back to the, the no electricity manhunt. And when I flash you, you have to pause. And then I'm running through the dark, crashing into furniture, laughing and bruising and all of those things. And I remember after the, the lights come on, they wanted to play it again. And they said, my oldest son said, Dad, it's too bright. All the electricity is off in the house, but the street light was on. It's like, man, we wanted it dark. And, uh, you know, it's in moments like that where you're thankful. I mean, our kids, brothers and sisters, where you're thankful for laughter. You're thankful for, for joy. You're thankful for being able to be together. You're just thankful. And Hebrews 13, 15 says, Therefore, by him let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, that we continually give God thanks. You know, in this week I was reflecting on... Um, on some of my, my roots. I grew up in this really small rural church. And we sang the hymns a lot. And um, there's one that it's like, in a moment like this, it means a lot. Anybody ever sing that hymn, Count Your Many Blessings? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you probably sang it a lot. But listen, listen. This is verse 1, by the way, and in the Baptist church, we don't sing verse 3, so we never sang verse 3. Some of y'all are like, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's wrong. I don't even know why they wrote a verse 3. <laughs> it should be just 1, 2, and 4. And, uh, but I, I went back and, and looked and listened, listened to, listened to this, this verse and see if it doesn't actually display accurately thanksgiving is to be like it says when upon life's billows you are tempest tossed when you are discouraged thinking all is lost count your many blessings name them one by one and it will surprise you what the lord has done count your blessings name them one by one count your blessings See what God has done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God has done. I love that line. It will surprise you. I think some of us were a little surprised this week by all that God has done for us. And we were reminded uh, without electricity, God, you're so good to us. God, you're so merciful to us. You're so amazing to us. We need to live with hands that come together and hands that are lifted in thanksgiving day after day. And then as an emergency response, as the church, as the hands of Christ, we need to extend our hands to each other. You know, we really learned something, I think, 
We need each other. I know sometimes for men in the room, it's like, ah, I'm uncomfortable with that idea. I think I could really get this done by myself. Yeah, the only thing is, is that you don't have to. And Ecclesiastes gives us a wisdom that we can take away from this moment that I think can propel us through whatever storm comes. And it's this, it says, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, it says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. If they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This tells us of the great power of being together. Being together as the body of Christ. Now, in this moment, we have to learn something that we talk about in, in foundations, and that is it, that each one of us is called in this community of believers to give of three things. Number one, treasure. Some of you uh, probably thought to yourselves, man, we gave that offering to Texas. <laughs> and now we need it. Will you allow me to pastor you for a moment? <laughs> I just want to let you know that any time that you sow a seed, it's the smallest it will ever be. That's the smallest it ever will be. So God is going to give us a harvest on what we sowed into Texas. And I believe the generosity that poured out of Florida will be multiplied back to Florida. I believe in response. That's what God will do. That's what God will do. Now, we're called to be generous in, in, in our finances, and we're, we're really called to be generous with our time. Uh, some of us realize that maybe there's some things that we could put to the side, but the last one is that we're really called to be generous with our talents. Those giftings and callings that God puts in us that are not just for us, but for other people around us. The, the Apostle Paul said this so beautifully in Romans chapter 1 when speaking uh, of the Roman church. He says, how I have longed to be with you that I might impart some spiritual gift so that you may be established. What are we saying? He's saying, listen, you're amazing. I've heard of your faith. I've heard of the good things that God is doing in you. But when I get there, you're going to get established. When I get involved in your life, Roman church, God's going to increase you. God's going to strengthen you. And I, I want to say this to you, Calvary. The reason why you need other people is because there are gifts and callings inside of them that despite your best efforts, you will never possess without them. And God wants to send people into your life to impart something. Maybe this week you, 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 you were like me, you, you saw the lineman 
who, who came in as far as from Alaska and even where I was in Toronto, they were driving trucks to Florida from Toronto. And I, I see these linemen down my street and I, I quickly gathered up water and, I, I, and, and Gatorade and I'm like, man, awesome. I get down there and, and they're wrapping things up and I'm like, hey guys, I have some, I have some ice cold water and Gatorade for you. And, and, and the, the crew leader says, man, listen, we got no room for it. I'm like, what do you mean? We have so much water and stuff that we have been given from you guys. Linemen said this, these, these men who come from all over the nation, they said this, we have never seen anything like this. Now, now can, I, can I just say, they're going to carry that back from here. And you, church, imparted something to them. And I would say this. Let's get a little smaller. Not just our big community, even our community. You know, we do life groups. And there are people who give of their time and their talents, their gifts, so that you may be established. You know, uh, this is a shameless plug. Every single person needs to be a part of a life group. You say, I'm good without it. Yeah, so was the Roman church without Paul. But Paul said, I long to come to you so that I can impart something I possess that God wants you to have. There's something that God wants you to have so that if there is another storm, guess what? You're established. You're not moved by it. And probably there will be at some point another storm. But how about a storm without worry? How about a storm that you walk in wisdom and by the leadership of the Holy Spirit? How about in the middle of a storm, I can hear God's voice? That's not only a possibility, it's likely. Now, there was these guys who lived a long time ago who in a moment in the founding of this nation penned a document called the Declaration of Independence. And many of these people were godly men, some preachers, theologians. They penned it, and obviously it was a moment where we were separating from England and becoming our own government. But they said this, they said, they said in order for this to work, everything falls on the last sentence. And I want to say this to you, church. This statement applies to the church of the end times. The church of the last day. There was something so profound and wise that they saw that this needs to be the statement that men would not sign this document without reading this last line and thinking... Yeah, this is really worth it all. The final sentence of the Declaration of Independence is a promise among the signers. 
And it says this. We mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortune, and our sacred honor. We mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Everything that's in us, we give it to each other. Our, our money, you know, suddenly when someone was hungry and without the level in our checking account, it mattered, but it didn't matter as much. We're like, oh, no, I can buy that person a meal. I can get some gas. I can take this over. I can give this away. But then the sacred honor, the honor of being a son or a daughter of God, that you would actually give yourself away as the hands and feet and the extension of Christ. I believe they saw it as necessary as the furtherance of a nation, but I see it today as the furtherance of the gospel in an hour where shaking comes on the earth. Where the church doesn't react, we respond. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like more information about the ongoing ministry of Calvary Church, please visit our website at InvernessCalvary.com.